Welcome to the One Link Podcast. I'm Amy and I'm here with Brad. Hello, pleasure to be here. So Brad, have you ever given considerable thought to some of the stories in the Bible? I mean, really given thought. Mm, That's quite an interesting opening question. (laughs) Seriously though, Samson, what was the decision-making process when he finally caved in to Delilah and told her the secret of his great strength? What did Jonah smell like when the great fish spit him out on the dry land? What was it like to walk around the walls of Jericho or stand in front of a fiery furnace? Well, those are fair questions. I, For one thing, I can't imagine Jonah smelled very good. <laughs> right? I know when I think about it, uh, it really makes me stop. I mean, take Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys weren't you know, invulnerable superheroes. They were real guys. They didn't know the Lord would save them from being burned alive. But why are we talking about how Jonah smelled and how the boys might have felt and all this kind of stuff, Amy? Where are we headed here? Because I would like to talk about a passage from Romans that's been rolling around in my head and my heart this last season. We'll start by reading uh, by reading that passage. It's Romans 15, 1 through 6. Can you read that for us? Sure. Now, we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weakness of those without strength and not to please ourselves. Each one of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself. On the contrary, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, according to Christ Jesus so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voice. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement. So, not going to lie, that's the sentence that most stuck out to me. Yeah, me too. And, you know, collectively, it feels that we, the world, are tired. You know, I've lost track of how many people have told me how tired they are. Right. And I think that this is particularly relevant to the series that we've been doing on the practicalities of serving overseas longer term. We both know lots of people who are stuck and can't go back overseas right now, or who would love some visitors, but the borders just aren't open. We also had a lot of students who weren't sure if they should try to serve this summer because there has been such uncertainty in the world. So one of the big practicalities of seeking to serve overseas is that Sometimes it involves waiting and adapting to circumstances, and this can be very tiring. Yes, so maybe we can give a word of encouragement or some food for thought today to anyone who might be a little weary and listening, whether you're considering overseas service or not. So Amy, what are some of the factors that have been contributing to the sense of weariness that we've both seen? I think there's really a number of them. One significant one, though, is the fact that interacting with people feels a bit risky these days with so many divisive or sensitive topics. feels harder than it should to know how to interact with people outside our friend circles and maybe even inside those friend circles. The harmony that Paul speaks about in this passage perhaps feels a little foolish, almost like a child's dream. And the future feels perhaps more uncertain than it ever has is is it okay to hope we're all asking is this uh the the new normal right i've been hearing that phrase a lot lately the new normal me too but in our time together today i'd like to talk about what to do with this passage in other words where can we get endurance and encouragement and what are some practical steps in applying this to our lives sounds good where would you like to start well first uh perhaps we'll phrase it this way a, a rule of thumb for our Christian lives. And here it is. 
your comfort and convenience are not the best decision-making paradigms. <laughs> so true. Can you unpack that for us a bit? Sure. Here it is bluntly. As a follower of Jesus, life ain't about you. <laughs> That's right. We see this in verses 1 through 2, and here's how the message version translates those verses. It says, Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter, and not just do what's most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Now, you may hear this and think, well, that's not me. I'm not strong. But when we talk about strength here, we're not meeting 100% all the time with it. We mean spiritually mature, or to put it another way, actively participating and growing in our walks with Jesus. We're talking about the direction of your spiritual life, not any perfection in the day-to-day. And as spiritually mature, we're called to something very specific here. The desire to make life about us, specifically centered around our comfort and convenience, can show up in a number of ways. It can look like waiting to serve and doing nothing until you find out your calling. And yes, it's important to mine your life and learn what your gifting is and how to best utilize it for the kingdom. But remember, Christian life ain't about you. We're called to work for the good of our neighbor. That's so true. Uh, Often students will ask me how to discover what their gifting is. And here's one of the key principles to that. Jump in and work. You you aren't going to be able to discover it academically. You have to work. You have to get involved. You have to try. Uh, In a well-functioning, healthy family, you have to pitch in. You know, similarly, as members of the body of Christ, we all have a responsibility to be an active participant in family life and all the work that goes into that. Looking for a way to pitch in at church, you know, are, are you at your campus ministry maybe? You know, your first question should be, what do I want to do? But shouldn't, excuse me, shouldn't be, what do I want to do? But rather, what needs to be done? So that's how we should look at these things, in my opinion. Absolutely. And consider Paul himself, who was one of the most learned scholars of his day. He lists his qualifications in Philippians 3, 4 through 7. That says, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever regains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So Paul could write, each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to build him up, because he was actually living it. Right. And we have to remember, uh, God has to has placed you in really real, regular life for a purpose. You know, right now, wherever your responsibilities have landed you, in, in the middle of weariness, wherever you're at, you know, you have some neighbors that you can serve. But it's not sustainable, Amy, to just say we should do this or that. We have, we, we have to have something that fuels us and keeps us going. So where do we get endurance and encouragement? Of course, we get it from the living Word of God, the Bible, right? Exactly. So if we continue reading our passage in the message translation, this is what it says next. It says, that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but waded right in and helped out. I took on the troubles of the troubled, is the way that scripture puts it. But if we read the same passage in the CSB translation, or just another one, it says, For even Christ did not please himself. On the contrary, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Paul says, as it is written, because he's actually quoting a verse from the Psalms right there, specifically Psalms 69, verses 8 through 9, 
which says, I've become a stranger to my brothers and a foreigner to my mother's sons because zeal for your house has consumed me and insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. And Jesus actually quotes from this same Psalm, Psalm 69, namely in John 15, 25, his disciples do the same thing and quote from this Psalm in John 2. And this is just one example or a couple examples, but throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus quoted frequently from what we now call the Old Testament. So books that he referenced include Psalms, Deuteronomy, Isaiah, Exodus, Genesis, Leviticus, Numbers, Jeremiah, Daniel, Hosea, Jonah, Micah, Zechariah, and Malachi. Whew, that's so true, Amy, and a lot of quoting. Uh, I'm, I'm drawn back to verse 4 in our passage where it reads, uh, for whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. You know, there's so much more than the 783,137 words, at least that's how many there are in the King James Version. You know, this is a, a living book that speaks to us in our real lives. The Bible is God's written words to us and for us. We need help, and it's here. Yeah, Paul continues in verse 5, giving us the answers that we're looking for. He says, Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, according to Christ Jesus. The God who gives endurance and encouragement. It's literally the God of endurance and encouragement. And that should settle in our weary hearts like a gift. We see our reason to endure and our reason for hope in what the Bible shows us about God. But the gift of endurance and encouragement is not given so that we can just please ourselves or just look only to our own convenience and comfort, but rather that as believers, we should live facing outwards, looking to the needs both temporal and eternal of others. And Paul concludes this passage in verse 6, so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voice. Life in harmony, not conformity, is pleasing to God. This doesn't mean that believers aren't intended to that that they are you know intended to see eye to eye on everything, but that the more Christ fills the spiritual vision, the greater will be the cohesiveness of the church. We are, after all, many parts of the same spiritual body. We know this this analogy. So that the question we are asked we have to ask ourselves is, am I a part of the body? If the answer is yes, then we have to follow up this by asking. Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I working for the good of the body? When we live in Jesus as we're meant to, we can thrive through the encouragement and endurance given by the Bible, lived out through building up our neighbors. Well said. So what do we actually do with this, Brad? What does it actually mean? Well, I think first it means we actually have to do something. You know, serving here in America, waiting for the world to open back up, serving overseas, you know, regardless of our situation, This world continues its relentless march to the moment where King Jesus will return and judge all of creation. We have, as missionary Amy Carmichael said, all of eternity to celebrate the victories, but only a few hours before sunset to win them. Mm, It's one of my favorite quotes. And yes, we need to do what we need to do to keep our feet where they need to be. I'm reminded of Hebrews 10, 35 through 36 that says, So don't throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you need endurance, so that after you have done God's will, you may receive what is promised. So are you doing what you need to do? Ask yourself honestly, have you begun to make your life about pleasing yourself? And if you have, repent. Commit to living in community for the glory of God and the good of others. 
Look into some practical tools that keep you doing what you need to do. Some examples of those would be read the Bible every day. Commit to taking in the Word of God daily. Find a battle buddy. Uh, there's many different terms for this. Call it an accountability partner or whatever uh, resonates with you. But find someone who you can commit to being honest and vulnerable with who will help reorient you to truth. Exactly. We have to commit to do the work, commit to life and community. Uh, as a member of the body of Christ, we're responsible for contributing and participating. Show up and do the work that's to be done. Here's one example. If you're a student on a college campus, you are in an enviable position. You have the ability to connect with men and women from countries that are currently inaccessible. You know, In their home countries, these students may not even have the chance to hear the gospel. So this is if, if you're waiting and uh, feeling the uncertainty of the overseas situation, there are people right in your community. And yet here, here you, you could meet them, you know, right in your community. So I, I think there's an open door there. Absolutely. So just move. Don't, don't be fixing to, as they say, don't plan to, just do it. Yeah. So if I can summarize as we wrap up, one, our, our comfort and convenience aren't the best decision-making paradigm. We're called to build up our neighbor. And two, we, we can get real endurance and encouragement from the Bible. So if we're in this place of weariness, uh, we need look no further. And we have to act. I know when we're tired and discouraged, sometimes that's the last thing we want to do. But I think when we get some movement and some momentum and, and we're acting and, and doing, I think God comes in and works in the midst of that. That's a great summary. And I would only conclude and add this. Don't let your weariness overwhelm you or worse, distract you. Ground yourself in the truth of the Bible and from that will come endurance and encouragement as we look to the good of our neighbors for their good and for the glory of God. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Music.